Welcome to The Raw Nerve, the official podcast of MS Australia, a conversation space for all things multiple sclerosis. Join us for news and views on the latest research, treatments and advocacy efforts, as well as candid and informative interviews with our community, those living with MS and their families and carers, together with leading clinicians, researchers and advocates. Welcome to The Raw Nerve podcast. I'm Jeremy Henderson, filling in for your co-hosts, radio legend Phil O'Neill and MS Australia CEO Rowan Greenland. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Justine Martin. Justine wears many hats. She's a successful CEO, an accomplished keynote speaker, life coach, artist, author, publisher, teacher, and entrepreneur. Justine joins us today ahead of the launch of her latest publishing venture, a new book that brings together the stories of 26 extraordinary authors who've bravely shared their unique experiences and journeys living with multiple sclerosis. Justine, welcome to The Raw Nerd. Thank you, Jeremy. Before we start talking about your exciting book project, I've just got to mention this. So just over the weekend, you've you've cleaned up at the 2023 Ausmumpreneur Awards, the annual awards program that recognizes Australian mums in business. So I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I did. I, I won four awards. Um, I'm still pinching myself over that, Jeremy, because I think there was around about three, three and a half thousand entries into it from mums all across the country and obviously different categories. And I took home a gold in disabled business excellence. And that means, you know, a lot to me as a disabled woman um, there. So over the last three years, I've actually um, got silver, bronze, and now gold in that one. But I also took home a silver in podcast and also um, uh, overcoming the odds, a silver in that one and a bronze in one to watch. And that's not just against um, people with disabilities, but it's against able-bodied people as well. So um, I'm out there showing that, you know, even if you have disabilities, that you are still valuable members of society and, and that you can still achieve great things in your own life and in, in the business world. Congratulations. What, what does that recognition mean to you? Um, well, considering that uh, my neurologist told me 12 and a half years ago that I'd never be able to work again because of my disabilities. Um, and I do have cognitive impairment because of the MS. Um, it didn't mean that I can't work. I just had to retrain and find a way that I could retrain for me, not for, um, not for the former me. So what I used to be able to do, I can't do. Um, anymore, but I can definitely have rescoped my skills. So my MS journey, Jeremy, started when I was nine years old. My mum was diagnosed in around about 1981. And so I um, was a child of a, a parent who had MS. And back then there were no disease modifying therapies and there was very little support. We had a local MS society and in the little country town that we grew up in. And um, we, my brother and I never really worried about getting MS because we were always told that it's not hereditary, which it's not, but no one told us about the genetic predisposition. So then I started 
um, getting some symptoms, which I didn't even realize at the time, um, when I was in my thirties and I lived with those symptoms for around about eight, nine years. And then my vision went as it does with a lot of MS, um, patients and I went to the doctors and then about six, seven months later, I was diagnosed when I was 40, uh, with MS. How did that? How did that impact your life or, or change your life? Was that a turning point in terms of... I was of... so angry, so angry that for all those years we were told that we wouldn't get it and then all of a sudden here I had it. Um, and like I said, my neurologist at the time told me that I had to stop work because of my cognitive impairment and I went down a really dark, deep hole for probably around 12, 18 months. And then the only good thing he told me was to find a hobby. So I, at that point, I didn't have a hobby because I was always so career focused and, and never found time, but I'd always wanted to learn how to paint. And I thought, well, I'll do that when I retire sometime when I'm, you know, 80 or 90. But when I was diagnosed and then stopped work, all I had was time and I went and learned how to paint. And that was a saving grace for me, finding that hobby. That hobby then became my first business back in 19, uh, 2003, sorry, uh, 2013. See, MS, brain farts, they happen anytime. Um, yeah, 2013, I registered that first business and, and that was a real turning point because all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, I still have a purpose. And my purpose then was just to make people smile by them looking at my artwork. And now my purpose is to um, help other people through my story and giving them hope. So one business has evolved into the next and I actually now own and operate seven businesses. And people just think that I'm nuts, but they all kind of walk in, work in with each other and um, it, it's just brilliant. And the supports that I have put in place to help me and now you know, like I said, I have to learn things differently. It takes a lot longer to learn them, but it's not impossible to 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 do it. I just know that I need that extra support and that extra time in learning something new. So when I introduced you, Justine, and I mentioned the many different hats you wear, I was quite exhausted by the end of the list and just thinking about the amount of work you're undertaking. Successful CEO, you're this accomplished keynote speaker, life coach, artist, author, publisher, teacher, entrepreneur, you're wearing so many different hats. Um, I guess my, my, the question is, how do you find the time and the energy and the enthusiasm to juggle so many different things? Well, I'm very fortunate, Jeremy. I don't do my own housework. And um, wow. it, it's a matter of working out and prioritizing, okay, you know, the spoon theory, how many spoons have I got? What can I do? Um, and because I don't, you know, do my own house cleaning. I'm just using that as one of the examples. The energy that it would take me to clean my house, I wouldn't be able to do anything else. A lot of the businesses are run online and that means me sitting on the lounge. I have a beautiful, comfortable reclining lounge with my feet up because a lot of my symptoms are in my my feet and my legs with um, spasms and, and nerve pain. Um, I'm on that lounge and I'm just on on the laptop um, it becomes a bit of an issue when my vision goes and then it's like, okay, well, I need a support worker in to help me uh, do these things. But I have a very good schedule planner that I work from and everything is timed and 
and that and one business I can be working on a project but it's incorporating you know two or maybe three of the businesses in there as well so um yeah they we, we it comes under the umbrella of Justine Martin Corporation but then you know there's Just Art Resilience Mindset Van Gogh Decals Morpheus Publishing Justine Martin Speaker and they all kind of work in with each other, except for Geelong Residential Cleaning and Gardening. That's a separate one over there um, as well. But, you know, I started that one to give my daughter and her um, husband uh, a job, and that's working really well. And, you know, I'm passionate about the disability sector. So I'm, I'm working, the majority of my clients are, at the moment are all in, they're all disabled. So, you know, we clean NDIS cleaning. We do the gardening for NDIS. Um, the Morpheus Publishing, the writing groups that we're doing at the moment are primarily um, NDIS clients to help them give them a voice. And uh, so it all fits in. Um, I do get tired. Don't you worry about that. But I do schedule in breaks for me as well and self-care um, is the number one thing that I take care of um, in my life. And that's, you know, good nutrition, making sure that I get enough sleep, um, making sure that my medications are on point. I'm on CBD oil by prescription. And that was a game changer to me because my fatigue levels then changed because I actually sleep through the night and I'm not waking up as tired or as fatigued um, if I'm not on it. Um, either. I'm still tired. I'm still fatigued. I do tend to push myself probably too much and I get sick um, by doing that. So there is a really fine line um, that I balance on, on, all right, well, that wasn't such a smart thing, Justine, to do. You probably need to slow down in that area or think smarter or outsource it um, as well. But it all seems to be working. That's probably a really wonderful segue into your exciting new book project because this book project really brings a lot of those different pieces, a lot of those different passions together, doesn't it? I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about the genesis. I should say, Justine, before we go any further, I'm talking to you today, we're about seven to 10 days out ahead of your launch of this book. By the time our listeners hear this, uh, hear this podcast, the book will already successfully be out in the world, it'll be in the hands of readers, but at this point, it's still a few days away. But I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about the genesis of the book and 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 talk to me about how this project got underway. So uh, it would have been about December uh, 2021. Um, I wrote an article for Mamma Mia on uh, Christina Applegate, Selma Blair and myself all having MS and what the dangers are of celebrities um, just talking about their stories, especially for someone that's newly diagnosed, because they have a lot more resources than what the average person actually does because of their financial um, situations. And then it got me thinking, you know, so we all have MS, we're all linked by that common thread, but our journeys are so, so different. And the problem with celebrities out there talking as well is that family and friends can see how well these people in the media are actually doing but then they look at their own um you know the person that has ms in their life and they may be struggling and 
how how can we show that MF um, affects us all differently? And um, I actually had a meeting with uh, your CEO and because um, uh, he got wind of, of the article and uh, I sat down and thought, well, you know, how can this be bigger? How can we reach more people? And I'd co-authored four anthology books before and I had a publishing company. So uh, why not do our own anthology? And I put it out to the MS community wanting uh, people to author their own stories, to tell their own stories of um, being diagnosed and what it's like to live in their lives, their bodies on a daily basis. And if there's if they'd done anything good since they were diagnosed with MS and I got 25 replies. Um, I got a few more, but um, we selected 25 of them. I've got a list waiting for the next book. Uh, to come out. So we're going to do this annually. Um, and it has just been the most amazing project to work on and be a part of. We did um, nearly two months of writing classes. So I didn't just give them uh, what they needed to do and go, here you go, go off, come back in two months with your written chapter. Um, what we did was uh, we had about 30, 35 classes, I think, in that period of time. And we formed a community in that. Um, and it, it's just been amazing. And and from that as well with Morpheus, and this goes under the brand of resilience mindset as well, um, there have been friendships that have been formed uh, with all the authors, is that there was around about six of them that went, we think we want to write our own stories. And I'm like, fine, let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. And um, I'm so proud to help people tell their own stories, write their own books. And Morpheus Publishing is now giving away some scholarships um, for those that come through Morpheus in a circle writing group and help them publish their stories, giving them a voice on, on what they're going through. So we ended up with 26 authors, including myself. Um, the book's about 350 pages, so it's thicker than what we anticipated, but I allowed people to actually put some photos in of themselves because I love reading a book and seeing what the authors actually look like. I also interviewed um, every single one of them, and we have a podcast that um, dropping at the moment. So from the 1st of September for 26 days, um, there's a new podcast that's coming out. And we've also put it onto a podcast because we wanted to um, incorporate all abilities in there as well. So everyone's disability. So they could either read the book, they can listen to the podcast, or they can watch the podcast. We are also launching on um, Kindle as well, and I am in the process of having the book com converted over to Audible, but the Audible um, will be a little bit longer yet um, in the production because it is a lot thicker than what we thought it was going to be. So, so tell me, Justine, was this a, was it a more challenging exercise than you thought? What, what struck you about the whole process, having not done presume you haven't done something exactly like this before and certainly not with this MS sort of community. What were what were some of the challenges and what were some of the surprises? Oh, so oh, where do I start? Yes, it's been challenging, but it's also been amazing to be a part of. Um, and with every challenge that's come up, it's like, okay, how can we fix this? 
Um, and we'll learn from this so next time um, we can streamline the process uh, a lot faster. Some of the challenges were, um, uh, I don't even want to say challenges, but, you know, people's disabilities. Um, so we've got um, a couple of authors that can't use keyboards and uh, due to their cognitive issues, they still have t stories to tell. So I actually interviewed them. I sat down with them over a series of a couple of weeks and interviewed them. Then I took those transcripts and edited them and then gave it back to them to proofread. And they, they're like, it's just like we spoke it. And I'm like, well, it is. That's exactly what we wanted. And each chapter, it's not like a normal book where it's all consistent in the way that it's written. Um, this is different because we didn't want to lose people's voice in each chapter. We wanted it to come across in the way that they'd written it. I mean, it was edited and it was professionally edited, but we didn't over-edit it. And that was a learning thing as well. We sent off the first couple of chapters to be edited and we went, no, this is not going to work the way that we want it to. So we had to kind of cut the editing process back a little bit. Um, the typesetting, that was that was a big learning curve for us and we lost quite a few weeks. And on the, the way that we were going to do it just wouldn't work with the amount of photographs that we had in it. So we had to hire a professional typesetter uh, to get in and then and work with them, uh, which has been brilliant. She's done an amazing job um, on on the book, and you know I couldn't be happier uh, with it. Um, getting people to use technology as well, because the writing groups were all done online, so it was a matter of then you know me talking to their support coordinators because NDIS funded the writing group. The book was a bonus for all of these authors; they didn't pay for the book. Um, they just paid to learn how to write and to write their stories and and to work with me. And um, so that was good. It was a matter of, you know, contacting support coordinators and saying, hey, you know, I need a support worker in place that when, when such and such is on this Zoom call that they know how to get into it, can you get someone there to show them? So, and that happened and that happened up in Townsville because we've got authors all around the country that contributed um, into this and launches happening. The book launches are still going ahead. So we've had, um, by the time this goes to air, we will have had the, the first one, but we've got an online launch that's coming on the 21st um, of September. We've got one in Townsville on the 5th of October and due to popular demand, we're putting one on in Sydney as well, but that date's to be confirmed, but it'll be sometime in October, November. You spoke earlier, Justine, and you and you made the point that no two people's MS journeys are exactly the same. And but I wonder whether there was a, a commonality, something in terms of these stories that maybe links all of these stories together. And I wonder what that might be. Yeah. There is the MS readathon. Because so many of the authors and they mentioned it in their chapters. You guys have done an amazing job in what MS, uh, you know, the MS into the community and making people aware of MS. Just not many people know what MS does on a daily basis. And the common thread was so many people as, and so many of the authors as children um, read books for the MS Readathon, myself included. So that was a common thread. Um, another common thread was, you know, the cognitive issues that, you know, we're all facing and, and that as well. So I think if this project had been led by 
um, an able-bodied person that didn't understand what MS does and the difficulties that there is, I think it would probably have had a, a, a different outcome. Um, you know, the patients in dealing um, with people's disabilities um, with this and the cognitive disabilities and getting someone to, to write as well, um, that, that was a challenge. But um, we all had that common thread of, yes, we've got MS. A lot of us have done that MS readathon. Um, and a lot of us, you know, some, some of the meetings there was, we were good. Some of the meetings were all on a little bit of a low because we're either fatigued or there was something happening in our bodies. Um, that we couldn't explain. We had, um, authors going to hospital having relapses and, you know, working around that and trying to help people with it. But every Zoom um, that we did, every authors, um, uh, the community inner circles that we did were recorded so people could catch up on it as well. So, yeah, that there was that common bond uh, through there, but definitely the MS readathon. So you've made a built this well-earned reputation around somebody with great resilience, somebody promoting the value and the importance of resilience. And now this book project was an opportunity, I imagine, for some of these authors to shine and to, to demonstrate and speak to the resilience that they've developed and shown their lives. Um, did that, does that come out in Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, that's come out with people wanting to tell their stories as well and, you know, going forward that they want to write their own books. Um, I mean, my chapter goes through, you know, my story of being diagnosed with MS, but then, you know, I've undergone the three heart surgeries and um, then having the three primary cancers and and two other blood conditions and broken bones and, and the death of my partner and everything in, in the meantime, um, we've all faced those adversities, especially when things seem to, you know, multiply when, when you do have chronic illnesses as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, look, it's just been an amazing project to facilitate and to compile it all and to help so many extra people, the amount of people that this book is going to help worldwide and not just people that have MS. This is directed for family and friends and the medical practitioners to read what it's really like um, on a day-to-day basis. And because every single chapter is different. It's, you know, every single chapter is is different. There's no two stories that are the same. There's some similar things through each chapter, um, but they are all entirely different and they're they're all still living an amazing life. Some people, their MS journey can be brutal, can be very, very tough. How important was it that these authors were really allowed to tell their truth and tell their stories, the good and the bad? It was 100%. 100% they had to tell their own story. And that's why we didn't want to um, over-edit it. It was important for them as authors, as people with MS, to actually... Uh, share their stories. I mean, some of the stuff that they've shared in their chapters is gut-wrenching and very personal, very, very personal. But they wanted to, and we had discussions about this in the authors' groups, um, they wanted to share it 
um, so it could help someone else. So it could help someone that, you know, maybe there's someone sitting out there that's got MS and they've had it for years and they're alone with it all because they're too embarrassed to go to their doctor and say this, this or this is happening to. Um, and they can read in it, oh, my gosh, someone else is going through what I'm going through and they're doing okay. They're, they're still out there living their best life despite the disabilities that they've got. And, um, you know, and it could be, you know, someone has a different disease or a different disability and they read on what's still been able to achieve with every single one of these authors. Um, we didn't, when we picked everyone to go in, we didn't screen on that. Um, it wasn't like, oh, well, you have to have done this, 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 and this that was positive. That wasn't the case at all um, in there. And when you read it, because I know you haven't read it yet, Jeremy, or you've read a couple of the, the chapters, but um, you'll see just how inspiring every single chapter is on what and how brave these people have been to put their story out to the world. I'm very passionate about it, if you can't half tell. Congratulations again, Justine. Now, we're talking about this book as if it doesn't have a title, but it does have a title. We just can't reveal it ahead of launch. But by the time this podcast goes to air, as I said before, it will be out in the in the wild. I think you've got a copy of the book there. If you, maybe if you can let us. I do. I do. Not that anyone can see it, but you can see it, Jeremy. So it's Whispers of Resilience, Our MS Stories. And this is the first one. And like I said, we are going to do one every year. And we've also, and I can do a sneaky peeky on here because I don't know if you, you're aware of this, is that we're going to do an international one as well. So I have a lot of connections overseas that have MS and um, I've already got a wait list uh, going on that. But we wanted to get this one off the ground launched and, you know, it's available on all major book selling platforms. So like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, um, all of those. And we are giving 25% of the profit of the book back to MS Research. So that was a thing that we all um, decided on, um, of where the money was going, and we want to cure. And what better way than telling our stories and raising funds uh, for that? And the remaining profit goes back into profit with purpose and giving out those scholarships and helping other, other people uh, particularly with disabilities, publish their own stories. Excellent. Look, thank you very, very much for your time today. Congratulations on the book. Uh, best wishes for the launch. And uh, we will provide uh, links to the to to our listeners so they can uh, find out where to where to purchase the book and and, and access the book going forward. Uh, but yeah, big congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me on today. Thanks for listening to The Raw Nerve, the official podcast of MS Australia. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast today at msaustralia.org.au forward slash podcast.